Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, welcome back. It's episode 13 uh, of season two. Um, So today we'd like to talk a little bit, two subjects uh, that kind of intertwine. Uh, We wanted to talk about, well, it's it's October for us um, at the moment. So we wanted to talk about um, Sober October and those kind of sober challenges that are popping up um, and perhaps just... um, how to approach them, the good and, and bad sides of them and, and, and our opinion on them. Um, and then we're going to go on to talk about boundaries, uh, which is something uh, perhaps uh, a few of us might struggle with sometime. Um, <laughs> and, and in terms of stress management, but also in terms of um, protecting yourself, I guess, um, with boundaries and what they mean to us. Um, so as normal, we'll just check in with each other. So hi, Kate, how are Hello. you? Hello. Um, yeah, all right, you know. <laughs> I've had a, yeah, I've had a shitty few days. I had a really bad day yesterday. Full of um, clashing with other people's boundaries and my own, actually. So it is timely that we talk about mm. that. I basically, if you're going to kind of go, oh, well, how was yesterday? It would take up the entire podcast. So I'm actually going to not go on. Uh, I'm gonna move move swiftly on how are you um yeah I'm I'm pretty good yeah um I've managed to find a little yoga session on a Thursday morning 9 30 till 10 30 so that well when I'm not working sometimes I work on a Thursday but uh I could do that this morning so that was nice Mm. and um yeah I'm all right yeah good night so sober October or Stoptober. What's your is take? October on it? is that for cigarettes? Oh, I don't know. Is it sober for October? It's just the booze then. Yeah, I okay. think so. So this is a, a UK thing, right? Yeah, that started yeah. in in relation to Macmillan's charity, so cancer charity. Um, there are there's quite a few of them now. Uh, across the year so obviously we have like dry january then you have dry july now Mm -hmm. um and then sober october um so what what what, what's your opinion on them well there's there's a couple of schools of thought aren't there on these and i'm Mm. still i'm sort of juries out i mean i think anything that raises awareness and gives people the opportunity to sort of uh, to stop drinking for a bit and feel supported in that is a really good thing you know rather than the oh go on have one or two you know you might turn around and your friends are actually like oh no actually I'm gonna I'm doing stop uh, go sober for October for charity or whatever so there might be a little bit more support around that mm. um but at the same time it it depends where you're at because I think the other thing is if you if you stop for a little bit it you will be using sort of that willpower method of like right like I've done so many times it's so many January's gone right I'm not going to drink the whole January and I get to day five and I kind of feel like a failure and also or I might limp on a bit further and then have a real binge so it can be it can really depend on your relationship with alcohol I think and the kind of support you've got around you what about you? Yeah, um, I think it's a good excuse. Like, I think if you're, you know, you're sober curious, you're 
on the edge of like knowing that this is something for you, then like it can be a really good excuse to start and give yourself uh, a month with people not on your back about it. Yeah. Um, just to be like, no, no, it's for charity. You know, I'm, I'm doing this. And then kind of when it gets to the end of the month, keep going, obviously. Um, mm. I think the, the standard kind of um, advice now is that you need at least 100 days, don't you, to change kind of your behaviour and and get the addicted side of a drug um, out. Mm. Um, it's I remember reading in the uh, Easy Way to Quit Smoking again. It's yeah. like there's a the, the three months three seems months to be. I thought it was six months. I mean, I thought it was six weeks for to create a new neural pathway but if you're talking about actual substances maybe that's different Mm. with that yeah the 100 days i know that quite a few things suggest 100 days yeah so three months like yeah yeah for sure it's um it's not long enough you know if you really want to make a commitment to long-term sobriety um but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a good starting point, and mm. it's nice that there's more than one a year um, <coughs> yeah. now that can be these kind of like anchor points for people to go right. Okay, mm. you know, like you maybe kind um, of reset or maybe just have a bit of time reflecting about it. Yeah, in a way but, that I maybe mean, you wouldn't. Or I don't yeah, know. I guess the advice we were talking about earlier was that you know if um, if you are going to do something like that, rather than just kind of burying your head in the sand and looking down and like trekking through, mm. which is the willpower method essentially, you know, like I'm not doing it, um, and I'm just going to carry on until it's over. Obviously, mm. you're very likely to kind of binge or yeah, return to the same habits or even worse at the end. It's the same with any kind of diet, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but if you kind of approach it by really sort of assessing how hard mm. or how easy it is when you're triggered, wh- when moments, you know, write, document your months. Yeah, don't really mindfully, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think it is to to see what comes up for you and, and use it as an opportunity to, yeah, to reflect and to be curious about what's working and what isn't. Maybe that it's a good time as well for, to ask some, some, you know, maybe not easy questions of yourself as well. It's like maybe, you know, uh, is it, uh, was it surprisingly difficult to get to day three? Why is that, you know, and, ha- and have a good look at it, I think. So, I mean, again, as well, I think anything, it, it sort of means that you turn on Good Morning Britain and they'll be talking about it and they might then talk yeah. about, uh, you know, the links to cancer and they might spark off different conversations. So I think all that, you know, raising awareness is just slightly just challenging the fact that, that that's still very entrenched notion that we should all be just be drinking a little mm. bit as just part of the fabric of life and never ever question it so if there's more opportunity to that then I'm always really happy to see that really you yeah know. I mean I we were talking about this earlier too but um just uh, a note aside um I have noticed that even even though it's a more open time to talk about it um you are going to have more support you still are going to have people that would be like, oh, really? Why are you doing that? Mm. You know, so um, I guess it's like just try and protect yourself a little bit to, you know, it's like who do you tell? Who do you, how do you announce it? Who yeah. talk to people that are going to support you, you know, that are perhaps doing it too rather mm. than kind of 
um, yeah, drinkers are never going to be open. People that want to keep their blinkers on will keep their blinkers on no matter mm. what. So they can be quite ruthless. So I saw something on Facebook the other day just with a friend um, and it just made me feel really sad. It was just like, can't, you know, can't people just be supportive? Mm. And but, again, if she'd given up cigarettes, they'd be like, well done. But because it's booze, everyone gets yeah. all upset and their feathers are all ruffled and start cracking jokes, you know, and it is just like, okay, we get that you are not thinking the same, but you could apply the same thing because it is a drug. <laughs> and it's yeah. for her. And just be nice as well. Just be nice and supportive. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. we were talking, weren't we? Because that led us on to talking about boundaries and, and that thing about sort of protecting yourself a bit and choosing your audience and what to say. I think we'll be going uh, uh, sort of talking a bit more about that later, mm. won't we? But, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's so, start then. Boundaries. I'm doing Sober October. Me too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so boundaries. What are they, Kate? Oh, God knows. Do you know, I didn't know what boundaries were for years, and it used to really annoy me when I'd pick up, like, often be sort of browsing the self-help aisle, you know, with, you know, in a lunch hour or something, and... I, it just used to wind me up because I just think, what well, what are they? So, yeah, the way I feel that stopping drinking enabled me to understand a bit more about what they are. But I'm still a little bit like a toddler mm. because I kind of think I when we spoke earlier today, it's like okay, a boundary is something that when now I go, actually, that's not all right. For with me and then I don't second guess it and unpick it and go well actually you know da, 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 da. rationalize rationalize overthink and then back down it's like actually if something's not okay with me like if there's some way someone speaks to me or you know something's I don't know you know something with my son for example we were talking about rudeness I actually can't ignore it anymore and I'm and then literally I'm like no it's not mm. and also I don't then because before yeah, I was not quite sure if I was hungover, I might be overreacting. If I was drunk, I'd be like, no, everything's fine. And of course, you know, texting people, yes, that's absolutely fine. And I'll think, no, actually, not, that's not fine. So then I'd probably be very paranoid if I was hungover. And then because I was oscillating on a three day kind of cycle between those states, I kind of didn't really have any consistency or really know how I was responding to things and whether things were all right or not mm. with me. So actually, once I'd levelled out and I'd gone, right, I'm not, I'm not drinking, oh, well, I know now, if you've pissed me off, then you've pissed me off. And I'm like, yeah. oh, and then I remember going, ah, oh, that's a boundary. <laughs> you just crossed a boundary. I've got a boundary. And I knew what it was. But mm. that's about as far as I've got. What about you? you think it, what about I just, you? Well, no, I was just thinking about like you know those revelations of like right, that's a boundary. Um, mm. Maybe it's worth like writing them down. Do you know what I mean? So that you can you get those concrete kind of those structure. You often talk about the kind of scaffold, don't scaffold, you? Scaffold, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and for me, it's very much yeah. I take it from kind of a a, a rule based side because I identified. Um, when I stopped drinking that um, that I'm, I'm I've never really had very good rules and I'm not very good at uh, of following rules or sticking to rules so that was something that I really you know wanted to work on like and I still you know 
I have to put boundaries in with my phone. Like I have to put boundaries in um, with going to bed early. You know, I tend to push things like Mm. push boundaries because I don't know where the limit is. Mm. And that was very much part of me as, as a young person was constantly pushing the boundaries to see how far I could go, you know will he still love me if I, you know, am really annoying or will this friend come back even though that I did this or, you know, that kind of like mm. looking for where that edge was. Looking for someone else to to provide the edge. Yeah. yeah. So for me, you know, mm. and a, a massive part of me kind of now obviously is um, being sober and, and having a somewhat public um, voice mm. is, you know, that I have people to keep me on the straight and narrow you know like mm. I, I put in so for me it's been very much um, looking at those you know putting in boundaries that I've never done before mm. and I we talked about this before but I think this is something to really flare up because what happened with me was when I made this connection with boundaries it's like right I'm terrible at bound- I have no boundaries that's mm. why I can't drink like a normal person because I don't have boundaries And then there was this click in my head that was like, okay, what I need to do is learn boundaries, get good at boundaries, sort my life out, be an adult, and then I can moderate. Yeah. And that's where my brain went. So after a year, I did all this work on myself was like, Mm -hmm. I'm building boundaries. I'm not taking stuff. I'm, you know, distancing myself from that friend that is a bit of a toxic relationship. You know, I'm putting distance and boundaries with with family or with my partner, my kids, you know, mm. I'm going to go and do sport. These are all these boundaries, these rules I'm mm. making myself. Good practices. And, Good practices. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be able to drink alcohol mm. now. And you said the same, that it was like very much like that decision to go back to drinking was like, mm. I can crack it now. Cause mm, I've, I've done all this work on myself. I, I think exactly the same. It's, it was really affirming to me when you were sort of talking about the fact that you'd done a similar thing because I did, I thought, right, if I work really, really, really hard, because I was aware at some point, I know that I stopped drinking very much with willpower method. I read all I could. I, it was a very, it was a steep growth that first year. But it was still much, it was almost like day in, day out, repeat, 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 rinse and repeat. And so I became aware that there was another layer to it and that it was around an inner critic. It was around boundaries. There was this 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 stuff underneath that, that, that probably were the reasons why I took to drinking in the first place. So, so then my head did the same. It was like, right, if I work all these out, drinking is secondary to these behaviours. This is the initial, this is it. So therefore that'll be all right. And actually it wasn't, it doesn't translate to an addictive, depressive drug. (laughs) It's like I, you know, I'm creating boundaries with, with, you know, some of my relationships maybe in my sleep, but I'm not going to create a boundary around heroin. I just don't take it. And that's not going to work. And alcohol certainly isn't going to work as well, especially having had the neural pathways and all the rest of it. Yeah, I think because, you know, for sure, because then it was the question of like, well, look, they can do it. Mm -hmm. So why can't I, you know, but they've got boundaries with alcohol. Why haven't I? It's because I've always been a binger. You know, I did it with Mm. food that like, you know, I would have very bad diet thing that I wouldn't eat any, you know, be really, really strict. And then all of a sudden me stuffing my face with like, you know, crap at the weekend. And Mm. so that whole thing for me kind of got completely jumbled up 
And it's only really now that I kind of understand that actually um, control and boundaries aren't the same thing. Yeah, you that's know, genius. And controlling mm. your drinking is not the same about As having... Being, having boundaries, good boundaries. Having boundaries. No, isn't. You know, like boundaries for me is not being run over by a truck of life like not (laughs) you know when I had a really bad time quite recently when there was a lot of family stuff going on and I'd had people in the house I had loads of guests and I had a bit of a kind of breakdown um it was because I'd let myself get run over by life and Mm. you know I hadn't put in place that like no that's enough like Mm. and you've got that 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 red sort of little red flags um system and what I used to do is wave away the red flags to my demise (laughs) and then have a crash and I think through being absolutely sober I don't ignore I hear I'm I'm not drunk so I can see a red flag or I'm not waving them away I'm very aware of them I still don't always catch in time and then go oh my god I'm knackered I need to lock down I need to woman cave I need to emergency self-care but generally the whole stability is much much better I've just written down coming back really quickly because I think you said three really good things about like boundaries not being control not being the same but it's almost like an underlying thing and you put the three R's you put rituals routines and rules so having mm. good rituals, having good routines that keep you in a good space, those are your boundaries and those simple yeah. rules that keep you well. You know, and for me, when I when those go, I go all the way up into my head. I go, oh, it all goes crazy. And that's when I get into that controlling space. I've, I've got to control my food or I've got to control this or I've got to control that because I've lost that sense of sort of groundedness and good practice which is that boundaries I'm almost seeing like a bowl of you know to hold to hold you in place a little bit more somehow yeah I don't know yeah and just to just to finish with the why alcohol is different Mm. well you know a it's an addictive drug b you know you've got to look at the whole uh ensemble (laughs) use my french um to look at you know the way that you react to things yeah the methodology Mm. of of how you use things in terms of binging or not um Mm. yes there is an element of boundaries there but once you've passed a certain stage Mm. with alcohol it's it's no it's irreparable damage like there's mm. no way you can I don't think you can unlearn it I don't I don't think so no not in my experience because your brain because your brain it's the the relationship is the same as smoking as soon as you have that one cigarette it creates the moral pathway all, mm. yeah it's yeah. it's it's stronger than anything else the, so. the other thing that that is there as well is that and I saw this come up um recently around you know people the, the awful thing about trying to moderate, I think, the sort of soul-destroying thing, is that so many people, once they've decided that they really need to do that, often kind of fail at it, and it can really undermine your mm. sort of sense of self-esteem. And then you're like, well, what's wrong with me? And it's always, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. It's something wrong with the drug. Because what happens... Yeah is that you numb the frontal cortex. So all of the the frontal cortex makes your rational decisions. And it's like it, it's like disabling yourself and then trying to ride ride a bike. It's like you, you, once you've had a couple of drinks that that won't you won't be thinking the same. And that you know I used to I spent years and years going, "Well, I never smoke. 
and unless I've drunk. And I thought I was so weak-willed. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But obviously, after a couple of drinks, my brain is behaving entirely differently. And therefore, mm. and that behaviour takes over. So, you know, I, I think, again, like, if, you, if you've maybe even you've gone through a bit of of sober for October and you're like actually I've not managed it past day five what's wrong with me it's a bit like well it's it's the nature of the drug unfortunately isn't it it's the nature of boozing mm-hmm. it, it does do that so that's yeah, why it doesn't work and you're not alone <laughs> there's a million yeah. of us like that you know what I mean that's why moderation sucks don't do yeah, it just it, give it up it is yeah. it's keeping you stuck and it's a very soul-destroying process I think and and then, then the longer you drink then you know it, it it gets its hooks in even more just by the nature of the fact that the neural pathways are being reinforced and reinforced and reinforced so it, it doesn't get easier it gets harder so um weren't you saying that um about the gateway drug oh um, yeah you just read and yeah okay so I was talking about smoking wasn't I and I was realizing that actually alcohol was a gateway drug for other behaviors and like it can be for some for I think for many people it's a gateway drug for risky sex it's a gateway Mm. drug for undesirable behavior it's a gateway drug for people getting knocked unconscious and having to go to hospital because they've been glassed in a pub but it's also so it was a gateway drug for me for uh nicotine so I never smoked mm. unless I drank. Yeah, same. Yeah. And but I have a couple of drinks and I literally I can't stop thinking about fags. I literally uh of you know, awful. I can't I can't stop. And um and that yeah, so I read somewhere recently that there was a study done. I have to dig it out and put it in the resources in the notes, but that now alcohol is deemed the number one gateway drug to other illicit substances. So it used to be mm. um smoking weed was the big no no and if you smoked any weed then you know it was a hop skip and a jump till you were kind of chasing the dragon or something (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing why am I laughing but actually now they're saying you know it's actually um you know it's alcohol is gonna be you're gonna be much more likely to take other drugs and you know so yeah Mm. which I think is fairly (laughs) No, be accurate. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know why it's taken so long for people to, you know. Anyway, well, I do. I mean, that goes into who funds the research and all the rest of it. But anyway, that's another. Mm -hmm. That's another um, podcast, isn't it? Subject. So the other thing we were talking about in terms of boundaries was, you know, it's like today I really have to get off the fence again, but. I was saying that one thing I was reading the 12 steps recently and I know that it's hugely helpful and I am aware that I don't want to upset people but for me I think uh, what strikes me is it was written the language was written for men by men quite a long time ago and there was a lot about apologizing and atoning for how bad you've been and the Mm. fact that you are powerless and I think it's very off-putting for a lot of women from going through, you know, trying to get emancipated as women and our voices heard. And mm. and for me, what I see on sober forums, and definitely for me, it wasn't that I'd been awful to everyone else. It's the fact that I had very poor boundaries and couldn't look after myself. 
So it was, I mm, need to learn... You'd let people and things been being horrible, horrible to, to you. me. Indeed, and the inner yeah. critic. And and so for women, I think it, it, it can often be actually, you know, that would actually make me worse. Having to follow something like that and think I was really awful and that I'd done all this bad stuff and I had to give something over to God and that I was really powerless would just exacerbate how shit I was already feeling. And I need a whole dose of love and a whole dose of boundaries and to get mm. well and to get properly well in myself uh, and all of that self-protection and so you know things like Brené Brown the whole you know shame and sort of codependency and all, all of those things mm. about how we build our boundaries you know let's love ourselves fall in love with ourselves apologize to ourselves prom- make promises to atone with ourselves you know I'm like yeah. We need to nurture inward and and I really feel very strongly about that with, with people who are with many women who have struggled with alcohol. There's other yeah, stuff to be sure. doing, you know. So anyway, that's yeah. my take on it. No, but yeah, I think that's the thing, it's like the the boundaries are it is removing the things that that stop you from um being able to be well. Yeah simply yeah you know if it's if it's friendships if it's like and actually I I've had something recently where I I have a friend who's got very strong boundaries um and she's absolutely wonderful friend and she picked me up on my behavior with her Mm. which was actually which was quite a painful thing to go through um because it was hurting her basically I'm a bit I'm a bit lax like sometimes I forget stuff sometimes I'm not on time sometimes I I the nature of my life with my husband he's kind of has a very changeable uh, schedule so I have to be flexible for him so I tend to be quite kind of like I can do this oh no I can't do that you know and that doesn't work for her mm. and it was so interesting to go through that experience with someone it's just like I you know I, I need to put distance with you because mm. y- you being like that hurts me mm. just like, whoa and the initial thing that I did was to take it all on myself mm. like I am such a bad person oh my god I've got to change my behavior like oh uh, you know uh, I, I'm a really bad person but then it was like because of where I am now in my sobriety and and having mm. these conversations and looking at boundaries I was like actually this is a two-way thing yeah like you know I need some boundaries from mm. her too because I can't Obviously, I can watch my behavior, but I can't necessarily be a different person, you know, and I will always be that person that will be Mm. there for you and be completely loyal. And I'm not a bad friend. Mm. Um, But sometimes I'm going to like change my plans because Mm. my daughter comes first or something else happens or whatever, you know. So it's just like, okay, like and again, it's like it's not that me. uh being pious and and yeah. apologizing and yeah. you know and taking all that power away from me it's about looking mm. at actually at both of you yeah and I think so that's really important and seeing what and, works and what doesn't and actually going well yeah and it you're doesn't mean that different. we can't be friends yeah yeah do you know that's really interesting that though because I've written down people pleasing and Mm. anger and I think this is something for me that I'm learning is it it's okay to be angry and let I don't have to fix because we usually if I'd lost my temper it would be like oh that's an awful loss of control and I have to fix that straight away letting mm. it be not okay for a, 
a bit without having to rush in Mm. and fix it that's a huge boundary for me and I think that another thing that a lot of I've heard on sober forums is the fact that we've tended to be chameleons and shoehorn Mm. ourselves into situations and friendships and relationships and there's that people pleasing which is very addictive so you get an immediate dopamine response from someone or whatever it is it's the you know when you get get that love mirrored back to you because you've pleased someone but actually what happens is the loss of sense of self that happens is quite painful on some level and then Mm. at some point then it will build up and build up and you'll have a drink because that's painful to not be yourself and not to have your sense uh yourself sensed by others Um, especially then if you're rejected because it's like you've given everything mm. and changed yourself yeah but it also Uh, means that we've got to and then you're left with nothing yeah 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 so that's painful if you're doing that but also then when you start to kind of recover from that behavior when you you know it goes back to this thing about facebook and posting out on facebook and expecting people to then mirror back something positive maybe we Mm. then have to we have to get better at being uncomfortable and having other Mm. people feel uncomfortable perhaps because we if we're authentic we're going to be having different boundaries and therefore there is going to be a little bit of shifting as we compromise maybe they do we do Mm. or we don't maybe there's not a compromise um so there's something yeah, in there, isn't it, about one, sitting it? with with things not actually being fixed, and maybe it's not your job to fix it. And that's for me, that is a real boundary like, thing no, for me. Please, no, <laughs> let me fix it. I me don't like too. it. Rescue her. Uh, yeah, you know, rescue, yeah. fix. Oh God, you know, yeah, that's yeah. that drama no, triangle. You know, right. that, that happens. But I think this is this is the other thing that we were saying, like, and the response to that, because, you know, my my whole body response to that was curling up in a ball, like, I'm terrified, like, mm. stop talking about it. I don't want to be alone. Um, mm. And I think that's where we've talked about you having that sober bubble, yeah. of having, you know, yeah. an intimate group of people that you trust. And it's like, you know, stop trying to, to get, <clears throat> excuse mm. me like affirmation or get a response from people mm. that are, from the haters or the neutrals yeah. yeah haters and you neutrals know, like, are not your tribe yeah keep yeah. talking to the people that are gonna support you yeah. you know yeah and and, and build uh, are not going to judge you or are not going to go like um mm. what you're doing is ridiculous like you know i saw mm. it that, that you, you see it people sort of say oh you know so october really like lame yeah, oh, I can't wait till it's over and you can get back on it with mm. me. And it's like, all right, we'll just stop talking to that person about it. Yeah. Come and talk to me and I'll yeah. be like, woohoo, you yeah. rock, you know. Um, totally. And, yeah, keep that sober bubble. And, you know, mm. you were saying as well sometimes that like when I had this last week and you, you suggested to me, you know, I'm very, very uh, sensitive to world events. Like I'm just a very sensitive person especially if it's anything to to do with women, to do with sexual assault, to do with, you know, so the, the stuff going on in America at the moment with the Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh, you know, I got completely <clears throat> consumed in it and mm. I was drowning. I was just like, I can't cope with this. Mm. I'm so angry. I'm so upset. I, I feel pain. Like I've, I was reading people's um, sort of posts about it and I was taking it all in. And um, and you were like, just you've got to get in your sober bubble, meaning just 
let it be a bit sparkly for a moment and yeah, rest you know not yeah, rest and restore yeah. yeah let it be sparkles because at the end of the day like me being well mm. is the most important thing mm. and I can't do I can't do anything if I'm like you know a wreck so I've really had to learn like that's a big key learning for me and my boundaries is when you know when I was at university and I had a nervous breakdown and stuff and my mental health was all about you know I had a massive messiah complex and I thought I wanted to be a missionary and that I wanted to change the world you know I'm not you know I'm not Christian anymore um but I was as a kid and and so this was like a glaring example of me just having this crusading kind of fixing the world which just went too Mm. far and I just felt like completely overwhelmed disempowered um frozen disabled by the weight of the world and for me Mm. being able to and it seemed completely wrong to me to to it seemed very selfish to me to ever put myself first it was like I was crippled I remember this that uh, uh a film called Breaking the Waves. Did you ever see that? Emily Lloyd. No, was it Emily oh, Lloyd? Yeah. Or Emily? And it was hideous. It was like this really bleak Scottish Christian thing about a woman yeah. who was so abused and so felt so awful and guilty and self-flagellating. And it was like, that's that's where I was, you know? And so mm. for me to, to, to create a, a sparkly, sober bubble with the boundaries around me to know that I've got my own back that what if I have my own back what if I'm allowed to rest what if I'm just allowed to be happy what if I just face the sunshine what's that like Mm. for a minute and this is what I think so many people struggle with as well you know it's like uh, deserving to be happy deserving to be well you know and Mm. I think that can seem quite overwhelming so I think those what you said about the good practices those are the ways you know those sober treats that we talked about before are good ways of just lifting your mood and doing something for yourself that day making sure you're going to bed you know attending to all the nuts and bolts that's when Mm. the changes happen in terms of the inner boundaries I think by starting outside personally yeah and I think you know what's important to remember is that you know when you're drinking alcohol Mm. you're you're not you're you're lessening your own ability to be happy Mm. you know you're taking away it's the drug is taking away your ability to to make that happen for yourself Mm. and so little by little your your ways of coping or your strategies or um, the way that you're looking at your life um, becomes so plateaued and so linear mm. that it becomes more and more difficult to feel deserving of 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 just being a whole person and being happy. Yeah, I can so remember that. It's just like you know, you just get to it's just dull. It's like everything's mm. just a bit dull. It's like you get to the point where you just think, well. You know, I do this to myself. I I must deserve it, and mm. that's that, really. You know, I just thought I was really weak, and that I was just flaky, weak. I couldn't stick to anything. Yeah. Um, I thought I was neurotic. I thought I was over emotional. I thought I just, do you know what I mean? I just thought all these things, and actually, when I stopped drinking, I was like. 
I realised through doing it that I was resilient and brave and tenacious and mm. that I suddenly had these skills that uh, because I wasn't taking that and affecting my brain with it and, and slowly, slowly that upward spiral, when we've talked about it before, it, it happened and that's from that very fundamental boundary with me that is I don't drink my mm. ultimate that boundary because if I drink all the other stuff goes so you know maybe there's a hierarchy of boundaries and you have your core boundaries that really do yeah. keep you safe and I you know do that a small s big a and f and an e and I really do think that you know that af <laughs> keeps me safe and that you know yeah. the bound the, the uber boundary that's like you know that's yeah 100 percent and um, it's the difference between being okay mm. and being great and being strong and or being, not being okay you know. and being okay I mean like oh yes yeah, for sure for me it was not okay and and some days I just suck ass in such a big way <laughs> like yesterday was hideous and I thought I just fucking I want to I want to escape this I but my brain didn't go to alcohol I knew I wanted to self-medicate mm. with something but I didn't. I went to that um, this musical theatre launch night and did some dancing and some gospel singing to like with some gay men. <laughs> Again, Sounds lovely like divas and gay way. men. And I was like, oh, I just moved and moved, and then it kind of shifted. And today I'm still low, but I know that the good practices will you know will support those boundaries will you know i'll be able to put the yeah, best foot forward it goes you know. to, doesn't it? movement joy <sighs> yeah, connection yeah. from other people yeah for sure All those things well we've ended okay, up having well, quite a deep to, one yeah i haven't i wasn't I expecting i thought oh well we'll touch on sober october and we'll talk about why moderation doesn't work and we've ended up kind of in this like really meaty sort of discussion which is great uh, yeah Right, reason to love sober and tip of the day. Tip of the day. You go first, I haven't got one. <laughs> okay, um, tip of the day. Um, if you use social media, like, um, and you find it difficult to have boundaries about social media, then keep it small. Uh Meaning, like, I admit I often uh, unfollow people and I often mute people on Facebook and on Instagram. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to, for them to feel like, you know, I don't care. But some people, I just, they just post too, too much for me. Mm. And, you know, I've said it before, if I'm that person for you, then I feel free to mute me or delete me. That's absolutely fine. Don't take it so personally. Like try and channel those social media to things that really make you happy and light you up and inspire you. Um, and, you know, yeah, get a bit of a backbone about social media, I guess. Um, Mm. what's the worst that can happen mm. someone's going to say to you hey you don't follow me anymore and you go oh yeah sorry and <laughs> follow them again uh, and, <laughs> and then, then mute, mute them again <laughs> and then mute them um mm. but yeah i mean like 
they can be so useful and such mm. wonderful resources, but they can be extremely draining. Yeah, um, they can. Another friend of mine, Lauren, who um, this girl is enough, um, she takes the social media off um, on Friday night to, to mm. Monday, which is another really nice idea. She literally deletes the apps from her phone. Um, so, yeah, boundaries, rules about mm. social media. I like um, that. I'm going to do that. Don't feel like, you know, you are obliged to do anything. Like, it's mm. your time. So, mm. you know, I mean, I realised I took mine off for the, the weekend and then my kids were sport like they are most of Saturday and I was on my own, really annoyed, like, I haven't got anything to do now. Um, so then finally I had other things to do, but <laughs> anyway, it's got to work for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, be, be mindful of social media. Yeah, I guess that's good. Um, I've thought of one now and it's something I was speaking to my mum today this morning and moaning about my horrendous day yesterday while well, she nodded and went oh yes it's very difficult oh yes isn't that dreadful oh yes oh well done and <laughs> said all the things that she should say to me which I was really pleased about and I said to her what I decided to do professionally and personally emotionally within the family is to kind of let go it goes back to your this control thing that you were talking about mm. and I realized that that I'm going to take the wisdom I said to her, I'm going to take the wisdom of the season of autumn it's very good at showing us how to let go and I was like you know what I've I let go of the outcome I just let mm. go of the freaking outcome um you know my son has to do his learning the company I work for is will do what it's going to do and I am going, that's fine. Let me know how you're getting on. And I'm not yeah. going to be in there thinking I'm like Atlas with the world on my back, holding it all up. I'm like, no, let that ball roll. Roll the dice. Here you go. Yeah. Roll in the yeah. dice. So uh, I feel lighter today as a result of, again, if I'd got drunk last night, I wouldn't oh. have woken up with the realisation that actually what I need to do is let these things go. And just go and do yeah, something yeah. nice for myself. Yes. Um, uh, reason, reason to, to love, love sober. sober. I think the sense of possibility again for me. I, you know, we've got exciting things that we're talking about about doing a book. Um, mm. I set up a YouTube. And like, I don't know how to work it, but I set up a YouTube channel for us because we did talk about, didn't we? Like close to Christmas, yeah. to get together and like wear party hats and do maybe a Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> like CBeebies presenters or something. So I've set up the YouTube channel and I haven't got a clue how to work it. But you know what? I just, I don't know, sense of possibility. It's going to be fun. I'm gonna, yeah. Why not? Trying why not stuff. crack not on? Not being scared of, of yeah. trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Reason to love sober. Um, yeah, like I had a really, really bad migraine the last couple of days. And actually, I haven't had one for ages um which is great which means that my sort of my physical health is much better but lying in bed with you know that clamp on my head mm. and knowing that it wasn't self-inflicted that it was you know just life getting a bit too it was a school trip with like a hundred <laughs> kids <laughs> and no sun and no sunglasses was what oh caused it God, and not, like not enough torture. caffeine yeah, it was actually really nice, but uh, like mm. I just, I wasn't uh, very well prepared. Um, mm. 
but yeah and it was just like oh it felt like a really really bad hangover headache and I you know god if you ever doubt it just put yourself in that place of mm, like god when you can't move your head mm. because mm. you're going to puke and it's banging and it's oh yeah reasons love sober no hangovers oh god yeah Always. every time every time 100 <laughs> percent <laughs> okay right, we're gonna say goodbye yeah so if you're immediately concerned with your drinking go and visit your doctor um you know if you've got a good gp and again for resources and agencies of support um drinkaware.co.uk is a good place to start to find things near you and uh, you know other things that other places you can try to get support because there is actually quite a lot of sort of support that that might be available that you might not know about so you know check it out check it out all right all right so we'll see you next have a good week and we'll see you next week for more chat bye